0: Good and welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams Into Reality Podcast. I'm Jackie Parry and it's good to have your company. Today's guest is someone who's making their way in the nautical world with a unique twist. This episode is brought to you by Panteneus Yacht Insurance. Now let me ask you this. Do you like dogs? And do you like boats? So how do you combine the two? Tanya Raby knows quite a bit about this and she's my guest today. But before I chat with her, I'd just like to read you something from her Facebook page. It's something she wrote for International Women's Day. I've often wished I was brave enough to carry around a soapbox and speak from high places about what it's like to be a woman, but I haven't for fear of being typecast as a complaining one. I grew up conditioned to think that I did not have the capability to achieve anything that required my intellect. Instead, that looks were the only means of acceptance. Subsequently, Many of the choices I made were based on low self-esteem, believing that I was not good enough to have whatever my heart desired. So I chose less, and I remained a silent woman for fear of being condemned, especially by men. This morning I stood naked in front of the mirror, and for the first time I looked at my entire body without one negative judgment. This wasn't an exercise in manifesting or NLP encoding. It was simply being incredibly grateful to be a vibrant, healthy, smart woman who is wildly capable of anything I choose. As I nudge 50 years of age, my body is changing. I have gone from a size 8 to a size 12 in the past couple of years, which initially frightened me. What would people think? Would Anthony still find me attractive? How will I fit in? This morning, all of those questions had dissolved as I saw myself for all that I am. To all the women I know, may you step into more of your greatness this International Women's Day and every single day going forward. You're all so brilliantly amazing and I love you. That's a powerful bit of writing there, Tanya. Welcome.
1: Uh, thanks, Jackie. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> You're most welcome. That, uh, that piece you wrote there really could have come from my heart and uh, as someone galloping up to their 50s as well, I relate to everything, everything you said.
1: Yeah and look when I speak to other women and I guess even younger than us um, it it's a common it's a common thread that that runs throughout all of us so I'm really happy that I I sat down and I had and I I had the courage to verbalize that this year.
0: Mm, very great. happy that I did. Yeah you did very well it's uh, very courageous and Very, very true. Although I'm not sure I've done the mirror thing yet. I'm not that (laughs) courageous myself. (laughs) And I noticed that your Facebook posts are full of positivity. And I should tell our listeners that you are the founder of Dogs Who Sail. And you are becoming uh, the expert, if if you aren't already, the on dogs on boats and giving them the best life they can have on board and linking that together with positivity you've had a tough time lately with two of your family members mel mel and maxie your cocker spaniels Absolutely. i want to yeah so i know they've passed recently i'd like you to tell me a bit more about that but really as a positive person are you able to find any positivity with their passing, where that's led you to?
1: Well, I think, um, let me see. I'll talk about Maxie and Mel first. So um, Mel, she was a gold cocker spaniel. They're both cocker spaniels, but Mel was our golden girl. And we lost her two years ago, which has flown by. Um, and I guess with Mel, I, I rescued her and... Uh, I guess I always, my role with Mel was to always look after her. She was uh, scatty, adventurous, and spontaneous. (laughs) So my job was to keep her safe. Um, So um, Maxie, we just lost Maxie six months ago. um, And he, Maxie, was just short of 16 years of age And he was my, I don't know, I guess he was my therapy dog in a way. So I can go into Maxie's story a little bit later with you. Um, So, look, it's even though Mel passed two years ago and Maxie more recently, I'm still coming to terms with the loss of both of them. I really, to be honest, I can't say that there's a day that goes by that I don't shed a tear or I don't look at their photo and go, I wish you were here. I just miss you. Um, um, but also, the time that I spent with them in that 16 years, um, it. Yeah, without them my life would have been very different. So they were my companions and they they gave me a lot of uh reason, I guess, to to get up and get into life.
0: Hmm, for sure. They've become part of our family and as someone who's got four rescued horses, uh I say I they I haven't rescued them, they've rescued me, so I, mm. I understand completely. And I suppose linking it with what you're doing with Dogs Who Sail is what you've been through, if um, maybe not be fair, to say something positive from that, as well as your beautiful memories and them being a big part of your life. You can help people through that process of when they do leave us, which is more often than not inevitable because they don't live as long as us. So have you been able to use that with um, having Dogs who sail and connecting with people with dogs on on boats.
1: Absolutely, um, I guess when I when I've lost both the dogs, um, I wanted to honour them uh, in a in a very big way. So it was um, I've been able to to really connect with with members um of dogs who sail and dog communities in in general because it is such a a significant loss um when our our dog dies so i guess the things that i'm doing from my experience with Max and Mel is sharing that with with people um, and that's right up from learning uh that you 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 know there will be a day when we do have to say goodbye to to our dogs and even though we don't want to imagine that day or we don't want to think about it um it's still something to consider, especially as they get older and um I guess nothing will ever i I don't come with any wisdom that's going to make life easier at that time but I feel that what I like to talk about is knowing that I leave no stone unturned in my farewelling them and subsequently moving forward without any regrets in that regard as
0: well. Mm, I can understand that and for other people to be able to come to someone and just be totally understood with that extreme emotion I know I can't even think about my horse's passing and I'll I'll have to move on from that quickly because um, it's never a, a good look as an interviewer to start crying so <laughs> <laughs> I'll just jump on board but to have someone who's in, empathetic to to what they're going through it, yeah. would be would be a lovely thing and so dogs who sail tell us about tell us about that
1: Dogs Who Sail. So Dogs Who Sail started about three and a half years ago and we just, I don't know, I just started a group. I was bugging all of my Facebook friends with pictures of Maxie and Mel on the boat and so I said to my partner Anthony, maybe I should just do a little group and call it Dogs Who Sail and so from there uh, you know, I just thought it was a joke. It was a little tongue in cheek and and the next morning I woke up and there's all these different people who <laughs> were asking to join and and that just started happening every single day. Three or four people that um yeah, were complete strangers had had managed to find the group and I, and it dawned on me. it's like, wow it's not just me. (laughs) And, and it really, it started out as share and it's very much share sharing pictures of dogs on boats. And, and I've always said, this is about the dog. Um, It's not about the owner or it's not about their sailing boat. This is purely about the furry four-legged crew member (laughs) and, and, yeah, we celebrate them and, and any animal lover and dog lover, we just soak up pictures of dogs and <laughs> so it started out as that kind of community. Um and I guess from there over time it's it's grown because I saw that need and I knew there was a need myself because in the beginning with Maxi Mel on board I would I was researching frantically because as a as a dog mom, I, they're my responsibility. I want them to be safe. I'm taking them out of their like their normal environment, um, and I want them to be to be well. So I know I researched and did things by trial and error, and as I got to discuss these this with my community. Um, I realised. Um, yeah, we this is a great uh, platform to to do some support and education.
0: Mm, it certainly is. I was having another look today, and on Instagram, um, there's just these just pictures that just make you smile. I just <laughs> was flicking through the pictures with this silly grin on my face, and then on your Facebook, uh, I think it's on your website actually, um. You have doggy bios, and, and it's fantastic. It is all about them and, and what they are up to. And then I think you've got Face Squish, a lovely big sloppy dog who's got his face <laughs> squished against a paw hole. Oh, it's just, it's it's so wonderful to see. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jackie. And and just on
1: that, I remember a couple of years ago, I was walking down one of the streets in Brisbane, like near the marina with Maxie. And this woman's come up to me one morning and she said, are you the dog lady? <laughs> are you the dog Suzdale lady? And is that Maxie? I said, oh, my gosh. And she said, I want to I want to say thank you. She said, I don't have a dog, but some my friend who has a boat and a dog has told me about you. And she said, every morning I sit down. And I get my coffee and I look through Dogs Who Sail because it makes me happy. And it's like, oh, my God. Isn't that wonderful? This is just worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a
1: labour of love and it has been a labour of love every single day for the last three and a half years I spend time on Dogs Who Sail. And to hear comments like that, it's just like, wow, that makes it all worthwhile.
0: Mm, I can understand that. Keeps yeah. you going. Yeah. <laughs> so you, with having Maxie and Mel on board and living on a boat, that you are educated yourself and you've done a lot of research and now you're helping others. Can you give me your top three pieces of advice for someone thinking about taking a dog on board a boat?
1: Sure. So top three pieces of advice. Um, I think the first one would, I think the first one is to make sure that, um, before you go out boating, um, take your dog down to the boat and, and, um, and let them get familiar with the environment. So, um, Boats can be noisy. They're obviously unstable. So that's my first piece of advice is to make sure that, um, yeah, they become familiar. And, and over time, do, uh, this is not just a one-hour thing or a one-week thing. Just keep familiarising them. Let them know that take something of theirs that's – they've got their smells that's familiar and get them comfortable on that boat and then it might be a next step of starting the motor while you're still docked and just looking seeing their reactions and i know we can be so impatient that we want to get out straight away and and look some dogs may well um settle into that but my thought is that i don't want to scare the dog um i've met a number of people who have Bought the boat, taken the dog to the boat, sold the boat because the dog doesn't like it. So oh. this is, this is not, um, yeah. This is this is happening. Um, or the dog goes. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so to the first piece of advice is to make sure that the dog is is comfortable and familiar with the boat, um, and that falls into the second piece of advice is make sure that you, the owner, is also um, comfortable and not going down there anxious um because your dog is going to pick up on that <laughs> so to to go down be calm um and that's the whole family or you know just to make sure that that yeah you're, you're setting up a really positive uh space for your dog to be in and for you too who wants to be around boating being anxious um Excuse me, the third piece of advice is um is I guess talk to a lot of other people with dogs on boats, so the third piece of advice that I have is um yeah speak speak to other dog owners um and that's you can do that through dogs who sail members because uh, we are all gathering in the one spot if you meet a dog owner. I would say don't just listen to one person's advice because there is so many different variables out there and this is your dog so and you want the whole dream to to be real yeah
0: Mm, that's super advice it's uh, all about baby steps Um, definitely yeah and we do that with People who are unfamiliar with a boat and may be a bit apprehensive about this new situation and what oh, we should do, take it steady and, mm. and introduce slowly. So that's great advice. Great. Today I'm talking with Tanya Raby, founder of Dogs Who Sail. And Tanya lives on a boat and is, has had dogs on board with her and is the expert with combining boats and dogs. Um, she lives on board with her partner Anthony and I'd like to know what he thinks about your dog's who sail endeavor <laughs>
1: um Anthony's very supportive I I have to say I picked a I picked a good one when it came to comes to supporting um any of my my projects um, and dreams He's he's great um we since losing Maxie and Mel we um I guess we have a different idea about having a dog on board. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for me, I would after we finish this interview, if I could, I'd go out and I'd get a dog. <laughs> um, whereas Anthony uh he's a little bit more level headed, maybe, <laughs> or keeps me level headed. Uh so um yeah i guess with sailing especially in in australia the east coast um having a dog on board can be challenging um our coastline our beautiful coastline is is has many national and marine parks which can be restrictive um um, to get your dog onto so We want to explore that part of the country and, um, yeah, if I have a dog, I want that dog to come everywhere with me. That's what I've done in my life. So, so at the moment, yeah, um, Anthony, like I say, he's keeping me from from going and and getting a dog. I'm just turning into the crazy dog lady each time (laughs) I see a dog.
0: (laughs) That's right. I'm the crazy horse lady. I I get it. (laughs) Uh, So you have to uh, think about every element and that's what's so great about what you're doing. It's not just the, Oh yes, it's all going to be roses and petals and a beautiful life. It's like, well, is it actually going to work? Have you got the right dog? You know, are you prepared to make sacrifices? You may not be able to stop at certain places. So it's great that people have somewhere to go to really understand what it means to have a dog on board.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I think with, um, one of the the biggest things with with traveling in in australia australia like i mentioned the national and marine parks um this is a big topic that comes up in dogs who sail um you know why can't we take our dogs on onto these places and there's always a huge argument or discussion around this so to I. I guess for myself um I'm always promoting responsible dog ownership that is something that's important to me and I would love to be taking my dog on any beach that I choose because I know that I'll put the dog on a lead I will pick up you know their business and take it back with me but there are people who don't do that and so unfortunately there has to be rules in place and we have to manage that as dog owners.
0: Yes, it's uh, it's a tricky one, and I think mm. it's okay to have a debate, and, and it's sort of okay to disagree as long as everyone listens to every side and takes it on board and tries to understand where the other person's coming from. So Absolutely. it's not always, yeah, it's not always that easy, though. I know.
1: <laughs> no, it's not.
0: <laughs> and so you are on board. And you're doing everything, in your words, as your heart desires. You know, you're involved with dogs and you're involved on on board um, with that. It's suiting your lifestyle. Is boating something you've always desired to do? Has that always been in your blood?
1: I guess as a young, I was always a big reader. So, well, first of all, I grew up in northern New South Wales, so water, surfing, kayaking swimming beaches it was I can't go too far away from from the coast um as far as boating goes um look I was curious I was always curious we we had boats near us and I was fascinated by the the young endeavor and I was reading I'd read Kay Coddy's story and I was excited at first and then I became scared after reading her story yeah. <laughs> but then got involved in you know, a Jesse Martin came out with a book and Jessica Watson and the, and I always wanted to pick them up and read them and then years later I met I met Anthony and I guess even when we first started seeing each other we didn't consider boating um his dad was a circ- he circumnavigated. He won a round-the-world yacht race back in 2000. Um, his brother is a super yacht captain. Um, and so, yeah, we went over to Turkey a few years ago and we, we got to enjoy the, you know, Anthony's dad's boat was over there. So we spent, we spent um, a few weeks sailing around the Med, which is always very mm. special. Yeah. And we came back and it was like, hmm, maybe we should do this. <laughs> yeah. So we all of a sudden were shopping for a, a little sailboat that we could use in Morton Bay in Brisbane, which is a great um sailing uh playground in Australia. So we had a little 34-foot Duncanson, which I loved. Her name was Crossroads and you know those boats they they're just built so well and i always call her the forgiving yeah. teacher because she was she was amazing to us um yeah and then as you do with a boat you you upgrade <laughs> Yes. We get
0: bigger. <laughs> yes, I've been, we've been known to take that foolish move too. <laughs>
1: well, the funny thing is, like the boat that we've got now, so the boat we have now is called, her name is Tanua, and she's the 50 foot passport, beautiful boat, mm. built in Taiwan in the mid 80s, so absolutely gorgeous. But um when we bought her, we joked that she was the most luxurious dog kennel <laughs> in the world <laughs> because it was all for Max and Mel. Oh, they'll be able to jump up on the sofa. They can get up and down the stairs, okay? The the boat was p- chosen purely for them.
0: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, yes, I can. I can be a bit guilty of that for for choosing places to put on my horses where they'll be happier. So. Yeah but it's uh yes a passport is a lovely boat and you enjoy that lifestyle you're living on board full-time I take it
1: yeah so we moved aboard full-time we sold up everything and that was uh to uh, coming up to three years so um look I've to be honest I have gone through ups and downs um yes I love it I love that you know, for the past six weeks while everybody's been in lockdown, we've been anchored beside a beautiful island here on the Gold Coast and we can swim in gorgeous clean water and we're the only ones walking on the beach. It's been, you know, amazing. Um, there are some things that I, I miss at times as well. Um, like I... If, if we're staying in a house sit or something, I actually make sure that I make that bed because I can walk around the bed fully. <laughs> I'm not getting into contorted positions to make my bed every day.
0: <laughs> I understand.
1: And if there is a bath, I will bath until I'm a prune.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's interesting those... what we miss. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so and I'm quite an organized person as well so on a boat you you really have to get creative because you've got such limited space and so there are days where it's like one day I don't care if it's the only room I have in my house my I want my office with my big desk (laughs) so yeah but overall I feel like I'm exactly where I, I want to be.
0: Oh, well, that's pretty good. That's a way yeah. to be. And yes. for anyone listening who doesn't understand the bed problem on most boats, um, you are kneeling on the mattress while you're trying to tuck sheets under it. And um, if you don't think that's tricky, have a go. Um, <laughs> me the video (laughs) yes (laughs) so life is sounding pretty idyllic sounding like you're doing exactly what you want to be doing and where you want to be doing it but I know life hasn't always been that straightforward or that easy for you and I'm talking about 10 years ago if you're able to tell us a bit more about that sure so
1: um I was diagnosed uh, with melanoma well actually so 15 years ago I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer so that was my first um, my first meeting with cancer Um, I was in my 30s so it was um, yeah life-changing very much Um, I was living in Sydney I was climbing the corporate ladder in finance and yeah, I, I was having a great time. And and then I was diagnosed with cancer. And I guess this is where Maxi came into my life. So <clears throat> uh, losing the thyroid is quite a, a significant hormone. And it can take you on a bit of a wild ride, which I went on for a couple of years. So when I say wild ride, you're your moods and your body, everything is readjusting. Mm. So, um, and of course I, I'd lost, I'd lost my, my way of living so that it all changed. Um, so that's where Maxie, I, it's like, I have, I have to get the dog again. And Maxi was my, my savior, I guess. So he became my responsibility. Um, so then, I made some changes to life. I got out of Sydney. I started living a little bit more authentically to what my values were. Um, It wasn't just all about working in corporate um, Australian business. Um, um, But then, you know, again, I was diagnosed a decade later with melanoma. So, and this was scary. This was pretty scary. Um, You know, I was a sun worshipper and, but you just think it's not going to happen to you, not even for a second time, like as if I'd get cancer twice. Mm. (laughs) So, so yeah, I think by then I was 40 and it's like, okay, a melanoma is known to be an insidious disease where it, um, can lay dormant in the body um, and then show up again. So it's like, okay, Tanya, you have to start living, just living. You have to really start living the way you want to. So, of course, that doesn't just happen overnight. (laughs) And it takes a lot of, yeah, it takes a lot of courage and upsetting other people who have ideas about how you should be living your life um so but it really is it is your life and that's what I'm thinking it's it's my life and and I want to yeah I want to juice every bit out of it
0: Hmm. yeah I must tell you you've given me goosebumps because well somehow we've been living parallel lives so one way or another but um it's (laughs) you have to be brave to say this is my life, I'm going to live it on my terms. That doesn't mean you you are horrible to other people or don't think about them, but you actually, what all of us should be doing is putting us first and, and what we want out of life. And I, I, yeah. I'm I, really glad to see you doing that on, on several different levels.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jackie. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a nice feeling. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and long may it continue, and I think yeah. Yeah, knowing, having so, set up my own business and, and been sailing, I know it's a healthy way of life to be at the helm of your own life and, and taking control, so it can only mean that your health just keeps improving. Absolutely, and that's such a great point. Um
1: look, when when I was sitting there getting the melanoma diagnosis, he was talking to me. I remember the GP, so lovely. He's explaining it to me. And I had this across my eyes. I was just having visions of regrets, regrets, you know, all these missed opportunities that I was too scared to take or somebody didn't want me to take. And and that was the. I walked out of there. Uh, you know, I had to ask him again a few days later what uh, what I had to do. What was the process? Because I was so stuck on uh being aware of the regrets mm-hmm. and if I say to I uh, anybody, I never want to be in that position again. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I it's like you said, I will never be unkind to people or you know. M- yeah hurt anybody in the process but that's being in control of your life is not about that anyway
0: mm. yeah yeah quite right yeah that's that's very well done and and that's also very inspiring that's a, um, a great thing to hear for many people and hopefully inspire other people to think about that and, and on that have you if you're an inspiring person someone has to have inspired you at some point is there someone particular that that has done that for you well I I
1: love this question I think you and I have spoken about it before Mm -hmm. and
0: and I thought
1: about it so long and hard and you know every single day I believe that I meet somebody who inspires me um I I walk along the beach and I will have a conversation with somebody or I'll cross them in a in a supermarket or on the golf course and everybody's got such a unique wonderful life story an experience that I haven't ever done and it can and it doesn't have to be extravagant or extraordinary I think you know yeah I we can I walk away from meeting somebody and always, oh wow, you yeah. <laughs> know, whether it either um, it 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 instills like it secures my beliefs or it changes the way that I think and feel, um, yeah. So I would have to say, yeah, most almost every day somebody inspires me.
0: Mm. So yeah, it's amazing how everyone can teach us something as well, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And and the uniqueness of people. Um uh, when when you meet somebody and they've been completely themselves, that is one of the most beautiful things. We we're kind of stuck in a society where we're competitive or we have to be a certain way and we have to look a certain way. But when you're talking to somebody and they are being completely unique, oh my gosh, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. And Talking of unique, I'm talking with Tanya Raby today from Dogs Who Sail, who's got her own unique twist on being on board as the doggy expert, keeping them happy while living or sailing on board. And on that, on going back to Dogs Who Sail, you've been doing a bit of writing as well on that topic
1: uh, yes, yeah, so I write, um, I started up a, a little website, so um, which you pointed out there's uh, doggy bios on there, and any kind of information that I feel will be helpful, uh, I'll pop onto the, I write for the blog as well. So, but I also write for uh Sistership magazine. So I make contributions to the magazine about uh having a dog on board and uh profile a, a dog on there and also offer something that can be helpful to dog owners. Um and yeah, a couple of uh, other boating magazines uh as well. So it's um yeah, it's it's a I love writing, so it's a, mm. a nice way to, to spend my time and knowing that yeah, it's going to be helpful to somebody what I'm what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, you can tell you enjoy writing. As a fellow writer, I'm really enjoying what you write and, and how you tell a story and that's um making the magazine even more enjoyable. So that's a, a great contribution. So there's lots of writing happening and you've got your web pages and blogs and Instagram. What's the future for Dogs Who Sail? So with Dogs Who Sail, um, been, yeah, seeing
1: it grow like I'm talking about, I've talked about previously. And so what I've decided to do is um, start up Dogs Who Sail TV. So this will be a YouTube channel and um, – what, I'd, what I plan to do is conduct interviews with uh, other experts, specialists. Uh, who else will we have? We'll have dietitians for dogs, um, dog owners who are out there traveling with dogs on boats. Um, so a large variety of people will have weekly episodes and People can just come in and and learn about what it's like to have a dog on board, or even if they've got a dog on board, yeah, join and then listen to how it can be even a, a more enjoyable experience.
0: <laughs> oh, how exciting! So when is yes. that kicking off? Do you?
1: So we're planning to to do our first episode in June, so June 2020. So. Yes. Um, so just a
0: couple of weeks away or two. Yeah.
1: Maybe in the next four weeks we'll get yeah. our first episode uh, up and running. But um, yeah, we'll keep everybody notified through the Dogs Who Sail community. And um, yeah, um,
0: it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, we shall put up the links for all Tanya's contacts and Facebook pages, etc. social media on sistershiptraining.com and turning your cruising dreams into reality podcast Facebook page so everyone can connect with you, Tanya, and right. tap into that wonderful knowledge you have. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens and we shall talk again, I am sure. Great. In the meantime, I wish you well. And I just want to end this interview, how I began, with some words from Tanya. I hope you find this conversation light and rich. And if you do check out her website, Dogs Who Sail, it's there she invites you to imagine walking with her along a long stretch of white sandy beach with your dogs chatting about dogs who sail
1: lovely thank you jackie thank you so much for today i've really enjoyed this
0: Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure i can just hear you glowing it's beautiful (laughs) to hear (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk again with tanya down the line and catch up with her dogs who Sale tv which sounds very exciting as for us that's all we have time for. I'd like to thank you for your company today. My name's Jackie Parry and head along to Turning your cruising dreams into reality Facebook page and have a look at our other podcasts. In the meantime, I wish you safe sailing.